Welcome to Chopping It Up. We are at the OLM Creative Studio, uh, Creative Factory, rather. We are in the podcast studio. We are sitting with the uh, creators of East Coast Grow. Uh, I'd like to introduce Matt and Amy. How are you guys doing today? Good. Excellent, excellent. So so tell the world who you are. Let's do some formal introduction. Uh, my name is Matt Doherty. I am the executive producer of East Coast Grow, um, and I, I guess I'm a lot of the inspiration behind East Coast Grow. Right on. And I'm Amy Tosillo. I'm the writer and director of East Coast Grow. Oh, right on. That's excellent. Okay, cool. So, uh, so tell us what is East Coast Grow? So East Coast Grow is a scripted dramatic comedy series about the cannabis industry here in D.C., so we start shortly before recreational cannabis was legalized with the passage of Initiative 71 in 2014, showing that tra- tra- um, that transition from when it was mostly medical right. um, to the broader legalization, how that has really changed uh, the marijuana culture here in the district. Right on, right on. It, it certainly has changed. I remember when you had to smoke weed in cover of darkness. It's true. It wasn't that long ago either. No, it was like right. a federal offense and shit. Everybody's got amnesia. They like seem to forget. They're like, no, it's Amsterdam now. Like, it's not even <laughs> Amsterdam. It's not even legal. Like, what are you saying? Yeah. And it, yeah. It, it, it's pretty funny how now we're kind of in this, we're essentially in the Wild West right now because Congress, you know, in, in Representative Andy Harris, when they, when they went to block. The will of the people, you know, because with Initiative 71, we passed it with almost 80 percent of the vote. It was like 79 or something. Um, And and politically speaking, that's miraculous in and of itself. But they were like, oh, no, we've got to fucking step in the way. And Andy Harris's office was responsible for drawing up a, a rider that would block us. And unfortunately, they didn't do so using language that would be blocking everything. Uh, I believe it was something to the effect of that the district wouldn't be allowed to use its own funds to implement um, a regulatory factor for legalized cannabis. So uh, there was a challenge, and uh, it was just made legal. The D.C. is not having any kind of regulation on it like Colorado or Washington State. People are allowed to cultivate, you know, up to six plants in their domicile, uh, possess up to two ounces. And, yeah, it's like, <laughs> it's just wide open now. You, so you weird. can smell cannabis everywhere. I everywhere. I certainly don't mind it. It's great. I ride my bike, and it's like, you know, the uh, 12 shades of loud, you know, as I ride <laughs> through different <laughs> neighborhoods. I'm like, yo, what's up? I kind of want to slow my bike down sometimes and be like, hey, I got five on that. <laughs> There's some good <laughs> weed in D.C., let's be honest. There is, and and what's amazing is the people here, uh, you know, like actual residents. We're not talking about folks that, you know, ended up moving here because they saw a change in the law, and we are seeing a lot of yeah. that, and, you know, God bless them, but we, you know, we, we do well, have I don't our... believe in God, so I'm not going to bless <laughs> yeah. those motherfuckers, <laughs> I, but you can. Yeah, I, I use that as a turn of <laughs> phrase. I um, know, we're playing good cop, bad, bad cop. <laughs> I'm totally uh, cool being the bad cop here, you know. But but we, we, we've got so many just amazing folks here that, that are of this city and are For of sure. the culture of this town. 
that are really doing a great job learning the ins and outs of cultivation and and all of that. It's 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 really awesome to see and teaching other people. You know, that's Absolutely. that's what I really like to see. You know, like uh, Scrogger. I mean, there's a lot of people out there who are like really lending a lot of information about how to grow and how to like do the math on that. You know, and you know how much do you smoke? How much do you need to grow? You know, how do you stay out of trouble? You know, and uh, it's a beautiful thing to see, you know, people being empowered in that sense. Absolutely. And, and you know, one thing that I've realized with cannabis ever since, you know, I, I first started smoking, you know, back in the early to mid-90s, um, it, it's something that brings people together. And uh, it, 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 it's phenomenal to, to just kind of see how people are being kind of gelled together through cannabis you know people sure. people are meeting people that they normally wouldn't otherwise kick right. it with at different events and stuff and be in in forming friendships and forming connections through that and i think that that's fantastic i agree i've always said that music and weed are the greatest equalizers you know <laughs> i've been in some sketchy situations in my life and been like Anybody smoke weed, you know? <laughs> and then we're friends. We're good. You know what I mean? It definitely bridges. You don't even have to speak the same language. Everyone everyone knows what weed is. It's true. It's the greatest equalizer. Well, you know, I like that you brought that up because it definitely has brought a lot of people together in the city that normally wouldn't communicate. And I especially like the, you know, connection between, like, Ward 7 and Ward 8 and the rest of the city. I feel it's like a one-time where, like, some folks in the Southeast are getting the credit that they deserve for the things that they've been doing, you know, and their involvement in the community and how much they, like, actually care, you know, and are reinvesting back, even if it's not a ton, you know, even if they're not famous and rich, they're still reinvesting <laughs> time and effort, uh, which is more than I can say for, you know, lots of other people, right? So uh, it's definitely a, a great community builder. And that's something that we address, actually, in East Coast Grow. Even before we legalized it, you know, through Initiative 71, and it was, you know, more socially acceptable. I mean, you you, you could be in, uh, in Mount Pleasant, D.C., in the Northwest, and, you know, be hanging outside of the Raven, smoking a joint, and nobody would fuck with you. Right. Um, but even now, to this day, as we're, as we're speaking, and it's, uh, what, May 2nd, 2017, uh, people are getting busted in Ward Seven, Ward Eight. People, sure. people are getting busted across the river. Uh, so, so we want to make sure that that disparity is is being told and it's being told honestly. Yeah. And, and you know, we're 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 excited to be able to do that. But you know, it's one thing to tell; it's also just another thing to hopefully others are listening and they can fucking stop doing that. Yeah, well, you know, until other people get upset about it, you know, until the people that are signing the checks start to get upset about the practices, right, then nothing happens. But a lot of times people are just unaware, so it's good to spread that that knowledge, you know. Um, I mean, they've been doing undercover jump outs in Shaw for the last couple months. Really? Really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah Shaw is getting a... Like across it, the street, it's, like it's, in it's, Shaw, like in front of the Howard Theater in Shaw, like they're out there right now. You know, Trump's Trump's America is no joke, and there's definitely a different energy in the city now than there there once was. Wasn't wasn't there like an issue at the library in Shaw where there was like a library cop that yeah. was a complete asshole yeah. to to this woman of the Muslim faith who she was wearing, I believe, a burqa. 
is that what they call it? Um, the head cover, the hijab, or or hijab, and like like basically like yeah, like, he told like, her she had to take it off or she would be removed from the library. This was about a year ago. That's I crazy. Yeah. Shaw, what are you doing? Shaw's, yeah. you know, Shaw's crazy. <laughs> you know, I live in Trinidad, and people always say, man, aren't you afraid to live in Trinidad? No, man, it's less dangerous than Shaw. Are you kidding me? <laughs> if you look at the crime stats last summer, Trinidad was ranking, ranking pretty low and, and far, you know. They, like, pistol whipped the guy in the bike lane at 6 p.m. on a Tuesday last summer. like In Shaw? In Shaw, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, you know, we live under this uh, cloak of false safety uh, that doesn't actually exist. I mean... A woman was uh, abducted and kidnapped from basically in front of my building last time. Yeah. Shit happens. Shit is really real out there. That's why we need to smoke more weed <laughs> and find things to laugh about. So This is true. So yeah. how do you guys bridge the gap between educating people and being a comedy series? Like how do you, you know, because you mentioned you want to shed some light on what's going on in Word 7, Word 8 that people aren't talking about. So how do you bridge that gap between, you know, uh, talking about relevant, important, uncomfortable things and being funny at the same time. Well, right. That's always the challenge in writing it is that we want to get these issues to the forefront, but we don't want to come across as preachy because I think people can really get turned off to that. So it was important to us that anything we're bringing up um, is because it's an integral part of the characters' lives. So really, really having it be character-driven um, so if we're bringing up something political, if we're bringing up social justice, it's because that is a part of that character's struggle. It's relevant, mm-hmm. right? That's awesome. That's and, important. And I also, I think there is a lot of comedy in the political side of things, um, especially <laughs> in terms of uh, the congressional oversight and just how right. um, how much of a struggle and just how backwards it's been in terms of getting our industry up and running. I think there's a lot of comedic potential in that. For sure. Like Andy Harris, what a joke. Well, it's not only just Andy Harris. It's also, you know, the fact that people who are best qualified to be working at cultivation centers or dispensaries, people who really know what's up and what's going on, they've been growing weed for a long time. They've been immersed within the subject of cannabis for an extremely long time. Um, you know, to get to get your license to be able to either work at a cultivation center or to work at a dispensary here in the District of Columbia, if you have any drug conviction, we're, we're even talking about a petty misdemeanor from states that have, let's say, petty misdemeanors like my home state of Minnesota. You know, I, I've gotten shit, busted probably 10 times um, last time I checked, you know, uh, many times. With, with small amounts. That's a gangster. I don't know if everyone realizes <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, that yeah, is you know. a straight G. Straight, straight up gangster getting busted with less than an ounce <laughs> and a half every fucking time. Uh, <laughs> well, not, thank God or whoever. Thank so, 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 so it's, you know, in Minnesota, we have petty misdemeanors. And it's, you know, okay, you get busted with that. And then it's it's essentially a, a a civil citation it's a, it's a fine there's no jail time assessed and and technically it's not considered a conviction but here in the district of columbia when they run the background check they they flag it as if it were a conviction so uh. so that has precluded me from actually being gain, gainfully employed at one of the cultivation centers so i had to actually work as a consultant 
um, to design one of the cultivation centers. It's our government's mm-hmm. favorite thing is hiring consultants. <laughs> that's uh, right up their alley. Yeah, but it, it, it's it, it's tragically unfair. For uh, sure. Especially when you look at the application of the law, people of color are 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 far more likely to be hemmed up. You know, even on a small amount, even on a on a For on sure. that kind of conviction. Even so on a setup, like it could, so, yeah. so it, 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 it it's it's basically blacklisting them, it, and and at that point, it's like the gerrymandering of opportunities. They're like, we're just gonna make sure that you're just not capable of being right. It's right. The, the, allowed to sit at the table, right? The, and the, especially now that the industry is so profitable, and if you if you look at how exponentially it's going to grow by 2020, what was it like? Uh, you remember the exact number? How many billions it's going to be worth? Not off the top of my head, but definitely a billions. Lot. Is, yeah. is and involved. where is that money going? Who is it going to? And it's not. You know. It's the same people that have been putting us in jail, the same people yep. that have and, been making and, money and the, off of privatized prisons. That's where that money's going. It's, right. it's completely whitewashed. Completely um, whitewashed. I mean, you take a look at Maryland, and, and I like to think of Maryland as being a relatively progressive, blue, left, liberal state. But you take a look at how they initially selected licenses and things of that nature, and not a single applicant of color was was granted a license in the state for cultivation and and to me that 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 just smacks of uh, of impropriety and not only that but a lot of them had some sort of law enforcement or former law enforcement tie motherfuckers they shouldn't even be allowed if you put people in jail you should not be allowed to that's ridiculous yeah no i'm okay (laughs) so that'll probably be edited out well, that's okay. Maybe. Just some hot tea. Who doesn't want hot tea on a hot day? You know what I mean? What can I say? So, well, you know, you know, how do we even, you know, how do we really fix those things? You know, Philip Hedgeman, you know Philip Hedgeman. He's Absolutely. He commented the other day. He said, yeah, he said, how come, uh, how come all these West Coast uh, weed people are always shitting on us? You know, is it because they're a little, a little darker than normal? And it's like, man, you couldn't be any more right. You know, if you look at who's making money in California, it's like rich white dudes straight up. Like those are the ones owning all the farms. 100. The ones that are successful anyway that aren't getting like mafia out. I mean, it's it's the same situation in every single story, you know, but I feel like DC has a shot at least at like laying down some groundwork for better things. I mean, there's been a lot of great progress done, you know, you know, I think uh for people listening, they might not fully understand the whole Andy Harris thing, but the guy's a fucking tool uh, who interfered, intervened in our laws and interfered with our laws uh, because, you know, Washington, D.C. doesn't have any representation in Congress. So every asshole from some other random state who feels they want to interject their opinion into our city's uh, laws, they can, you know? And and he did, but he wasn't smart enough to write it the right way. Uh, <laughs> and, and to me, that's the fucking tool. That, that's the best part. It shows how unbelievably unqualified. And it shows exactly <laughs> why you should not allow federal government to interfere with state laws. You know, even if the state technically doesn't have laws, because you get tools like Andy Harris writing these laws that completely backfired on him. Uh, and then now it was became so. What what people people might not understand is. He voted to say that basically or wrote something into this law saying that the government couldn't use any of its own dollars. 
So what that meant is that it would be completely legal and that the government wouldn't be able to use any of its own dollars to enforce that law. He meant it for to mean they, they, they couldn't, like, open shops and they couldn't do it, but he didn't write it well enough because, again, he's a fucking tool, and so it was written the wrong way. So basically, because he interfered, the government had to say, all right, I, we can't do, use any of our dollars to to interfere with this law whatsoever so we can't enforce it, we can't do anything. And then it literally became Harry Carey where people are walking down the street rolling blunts in their hands. Everything and that it's, Andy it's Harris greatest, didn't want to happen It's the greatest way to overnight. fucking troll him. Yeah. It, it yeah. is wonderful to, to just, you know... It, the only thing that I fear is that it's a setup because people are used to things a certain way and I think people have forgotten too quickly how it was. And so, like, undercover jump outs and things like that, like, it's super real. And Andy Harris didn't win... But you better believe it still pisses him off every single day. You know what I mean? That's one of and, his biggest failures. He, you know, and if we you're are listening, Andy Harris. I was one of your <laughs> biggest failures in case you caught you missed that. And and you know the, the facts are 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 evident that we have a new regime right now. You yeah. know, we we fucking we literally have Donald Trump as our president. Like that's crazy shit right there. Yeah. But, you know, he, he's using all of these, like, dog whistle words, like, you know, he's your, you know, law and order candidate and, and things like, or, or he's not even candidate anymore. He, you know, he's president. But they're, they're, they are absolutely going to be moving forward more with trying to get people hemmed up. That's what it boils down yeah, to. It's all about private, you know. I mean, we, we won't go down that rabbit hole too far because, you know, we could. We could definitely go down that path. But I want to focus on East Coast Grow. But people what, what definitely our, need to be aware. One of our characters in East Coast Grow is currently incarcerated. Oh, yeah? Yeah. 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 He's a person of color who, who is incarcerated, where another character in East Coast Grow happens to be a white guy who has not been incarcerated you know, for some of his things. So, yeah, it's uh, yeah, the prison industrial complex is real. It's super real. <laughs> it terrifies me. Yeah, if people aren't hip, you should definitely get hip to the uh, to the industrialized prison complex. It's uh, the reason why laws against weed. But, you know, I will say one thing. I am hopeful that things won't change too much. I feel like on a local level, like, you just really have to be careful and, like, I wouldn't, you know, just... I'm old, so I'm always paranoid, baseline, you know what I mean? Like, don't sell drugs on Instagram, you know what I mean? Like, sure, yeah. Like, common yeah. sense shit, like, I really wouldn't do that right now. But I think that storm will pass, because at the end of the day, like, there's way too much money tied up in weed for anybody to really topple that right now. Even Sessions is backtracking and saying, oh, I thought I'd get more support. It's like, no, motherfucker. Every, all the people bank, bank who are about to lose money. are involved. Exactly. I mean, when, like, when, when you're talking about VC funds entering right. into an industry, I mean, at that point, it's almost game over. Right. At that point, it's like, okay, it's real. It's fucking happening, it's, and it's this is done. here. But it, again, the... A lot of the problem with that is you end up with these, you know, VC firms, you know, entering in for cultivation. I mean, you take a look at things like, um, you know, I come from, you know, hydro hydroponic retail store businesses, you know, started many of them and all of that. That's kind of my background. And you take a look at some of these products, you know, some one that I'm a huge fan of, Botanicare. And no, I'm not being paid by them, but Botanicare. Uh, <laughs> Botanicare. Shout out to our sponsors, Botanicare. <laughs> Um, but Botanicare was recently purchased by um, Scott's, which oh, is owned by Monsanto. 
So, so I mean, you know, a lot of life, as we've come to realize, is you know, when you get old enough, you, you start yeah. following the money, and and yeah, you, you know, Botanicare, uh, um, General Hydroponics, General Organics, they are all now owned by essentially Monsanto. You know, because Scott's Miracle Grow purchased those three companies. Well, Scott's Miracle Grow is owned by right. Monsanto, uh, and, and it's like holy, holy balls. This is real. So, it's so it's being real. it's being completely corporatized. It's being completely whitewashed. People people are getting screwed out of opportunities left and For right. Sure. Well, here's the thing about money, though. If you got money, you can get a seat at the table, right? So people just have to be smarter about their money, you know. And it's gonna be a long, hard war. But you know, I don't know. It's like any business, you know. When you get to a certain point, you know, like your Botanicare, your McDonald's, your whoever, your Molly's Pie Shop, you know. You get to a level of popularity and demand that you can't keep up anymore. Then you have to buy more blueberries. You have to buy more whatever in order to make the pies. And then at some point you get so big that in order to provide the same level of service and quality of product to all your customers, you have to change certain things. And so, you know, really there's just probably, I don't know the solution, but maybe just a cap on companies getting too big. But it's it's ultimately the life cycle <laughs> is the life cycle because you know Botanicare got so popular. We're just this is all like speculating. We can say, you know, Botana love. We'll call it that just so they don't get pissed off. But I'm sure like they have these great products, right? And everybody wants them and they can't produce them fast enough. And then Monsanto or Scotts, whoever said, Look, we'll we'll help you. You don't have to change your product, right? You don't, we'll provide that. We'll provide the facilities. We'll provide the trucks. We'll provide the storage places. Scalability. Right? We'll scalability. Right. We'll do that. And we won't fuck with your product because at the and end I'm, of the and day. I, and, I, and I'm sure that that's exactly I'm sure what's exactly. happening with, with, with Botanicare. Right. And, like, I'm sure and they're General not Hydroponics. like, we're I mean, they already, sell out. They, they already have their committed customer base. You know, they don't right. want to end up being the new Coke of the 1980s. You know, right. that did not go over well. So, so yeah, of course. So it's always a struggle. And then. Who knows? Like, maybe this is just the optimist in me. Maybe Monsanto was like, hey, guys, <laughs> fuck the environment. We still don't care about that shit, right? But we think there might be more money in this organic shit. Maybe we should try that route. And you know what? Or like, hey, we've had too many Senate hearings. Maybe we should go in a different direction because there's just as much money there. Because ultimately, they're not going to do anything if the money's not there. Right. But maybe, maybe, just maybe, you know, weed and hemp... Right. And all the money involved in it, you know, can can flip that switch. I feel like as as people that smoke weed, we have to, like, stop with the fucking stigma, like stop buying Cheech and Chong anything. <laughs> but fuck those guys. They did more towards like helping the prohibition of marijuana and dumbing down marijuana activists and making us all look like fucking idiots. They did more like against our movement than any. Any anything else other than privatized prisons and people love them, but fuck them. If you're listening, Cheech and Chong, you're not welcome to come here. And visit me. I'm <laughs> and, just and, putting that and, out there. And, I don't think they have any trips planned. You 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 hit on a really really good point regarding what we're doing with our project. You know, because when we when we describe our project as being you know a a comedy, that's what fucking people expect to see. Right. They expect to see a really dumbed down, like, a really. Uh, uh, you know, I just smoked some weed from some dog shit. Like, right, right. Like, no stoners ever picked weed out of their dog shit before, yeah, man. They're, 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 not without being high on methamphetamine. <laughs> I'm not condoning that nonsense. <laughs> just putting that out there. That's not normal behavior, man. Fuck you, Cheech and Chong. <laughs>
people are going to say, it's not very one love massive of you. I don't care. You know what? <laughs> it is one love massive of me because I care about people. I don't want people to go to jail. I don't want people to think that all people that smoke pot are stupid. Like, how many how many years is it going to take well, for I, us and to and wear I, down that stigma thanks to Cheech and Sean? And, it was and, them. And, and I respect the fact that it, it, it seems to me that you're you're holding a higher standard when it comes <laughs> when it comes to maybe cannabis-related content. So that that's... Uh, I mean, I'm trying. You know Certainly what, I mean? what we hoped for. I mean, you are our target audience, Molly. Yeah. Well, I can't, you know. Can I, you set your computer up to just like automatically hit play from a different ISP? I will. I will. At, or, 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 or different. Um, I'll get a server, a bank of servers, and I will, I will run your internet game. Oh, yes. Yes. I've always dreamed of living in a room full of computers. And, Just kidding. And, and, and We're for, already doing it. And, and for anybody who wants <laughs> right to, to help us out, you know, because like, it, it's it's hard setting that up. So it's probably going to be a few weeks at least before we can get that going. If you go to eastcoastgrow.tv and you go to the episodes section, you could actually view some of the content and help right. get our numbers up. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So where where to tell people where what what's the website? Where should they go? So it's eastcoastgrow.tv. Okay. Uh, we have an episodes page that shows uh, our latest episodes. So the initial idea that we had was to do a traditional 30-minute episode and have a 10-episode season. Yeah. Uh, we decided to break it up for the web. Um, so what we have right now are four short webisodes that comprise what was the 30-minute pilot. Okay. And hoping to get a big enough following and build up the resources to complete the rest of the first season. Right on. So how does that work? Did you guys, like, pitch it to, like, networks and stuff? I mean, how's I don't know anything about that world. How does that work? So, 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 I mean, I guess, like, the, the, are you looking for, like, a genesis? Like, how, how did East Coast Grow come to be? Or, like, where are we at right now because we have the product done? How are we looking to get broader I guess, distribution? Just a little bit of both. So, like, like I'm a I'm a lay person. I don't know anything about the, you know, uh, production and, you know, I know how to book shows. I know how to throw festivals. I don't know anything about TV shows. So how, how does that work? You know what I mean? Give us the... Well, um, so I'd... Uh... I'd gotten into uh, some antics. Call, we'll call them antics, yeah? I don't know if this is exactly how the show came about, but it's how Matt likes to it's, say the show <laughs> came about. It's, it's always two it, differing opinions when there's a man and a woman in the room. Yep. It's how <laughs> yeah. I remember it. Um, so it's not real. It's not real. Got, got into some antics <laughs> in uh, um, Colorado, wonderful state. If there's any listeners in Colorado, I have mad respect and love for your state. Uh <laughs> Just need more more people of color to get. True, true. It is it is a very white state. Like <laughs> it's like it's like the West. Well, no, like there's a lot of places out. West. I was about to call it Massachusetts of the West, but no, like Utah is like got Massachusetts. Yeah. yeah. Um. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Any any anyway. Stereotypes are awesome. <laughs> so as you were saying. Um, <laughs> Got into semantics, not semantics, but some antics in uh, in Colorado. Came back and Amy Amy actually had helped out with uh, getting me out of some hot water while in Colorado. And I came back and um she uh, she she picked the idea. Um she you know she had heard so many stories and stuff from you know things that were going on at the cultivation center. Um you know that I was consulting at and all of that and. She was really inspired, uh, and I'm not going to speak for her on that. Yeah, I didn't so. just pitch it. I had the whole pilot written. So there, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, so, so tell, us, tell us how this came about, Amy. So I, he wants to think it's because of the trouble he got into in Colorado. It's pro- 
definitely had something to do with that. He definitely at least the, at least the timing keeps, of your pitching. He keeps things yeah. interesting. I also think I just get a lot more work done and a lot more writing done when he is not at home. <laughs> exactly. That's like my prime work time. <laughs> You're like seventeen hours uninterrupted. Yes. So if anybody out this. there wants to buy me a drink and take me out, <laughs> so Amy can have some writing time. Exactly. I'm always and, and and it was just you know it was at this moment when um, Initiative Seventy One had just been passed a few months before, and we were seeing these really big changes in the industry. Uh, and he and his coworkers in the medical field were also having some pretty pretty interesting things going on, and it just seemed like. It, it wasn't the type of thing you heard about when you heard about the cannabis industry. It seemed like it was something that people would be really interested in hearing about and knowing right. what goes on behind the scenes. Um, so I, I took a bunch of uh, the stories that I had been hearing over the last several years and um, and wrote the pilot and pitched it to Matt and said, I really think we should make this. I think we have something here. Yeah, and, and uh, initially it was uh, short. Uh, yeah, I did originally uh, write it for a webisode format. I think it was about a 10 to 15 minute page pilot. And the cool thing about life is you learn as you go. For you, sure. You, 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 you. So I was like, yeah, let's fucking do this. He's like, we're going to make, it, pilot. make yeah. it. Yeah. He, well, you didn't really know a lot of web content. So like the we 30 can do minute it for $5, format seems. Yeah. yeah. Both. No. But but it was fun working in 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 the thirty minute format. In a way, I think having to expand the initial pilot um, got us some of our best storylines. Uh, yeah, definitely. based on what people respond to when they watch it. So I think it was it was smart to do it like that, even if we decide to go back to ten minute episodes. Right on. So have you you what's your background? Are you a screenwriting person? Is this what yeah. you do for a living? Well. <laughs> That's that's the hope, but my my background is in filmmaking. Of course, in DC, um, a lot of uh, the video industry is in documentary and yeah, you know yeah, nonfiction you films. So often. exactly, and I'd been doing that for quite a while, um, but really missed doing narrative screenwriting was what I wanted to ultimately be doing. Um, that's awesome. And wanted to start doing independent productions, and I had some other scripts going on, and uh, and uh, it seemed like the right time for this one. That's amazing. That's super cool. So you're a professional writer. I guess so. You get paid to write. Did, speaking of writing, do do we know the results? Of yeah, yeah. Um, that, they reached a deal. They they came to an agreement. Yeah, yep. There's no um, writer strike. Oh. Great. Yeah, the Writers oh. Guild of America was set to go on strike 3 p.m. Eastern time this morning, uh, oh, which yeah. I guess would be midnight Pacific or whatever. But um, oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, lost opportunity for above board productions. No, we are not scabs. Damn it. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> All right, fine. Not scabs. You heard that here, folks. Pen names. Pen no? All no. right, fine, fine. No. Fine. No, that's fine. That's too funny. <laughs> that is too funny. What about Matt? What do you do? Do you do are you a are you a creative full time or do you have another full time job? Oh boy. I've uh um so I got sick last year. Um so I kind of uh, pumped the brakes on uh, my own company, uh, you know, doing consulting and stuff and, and kind of went, went through a time of uh, transition and learning and all of that from, from my illness and stuff and taking some time off. Now uh, I'm getting back into doing consulting. I'm, I'm doing dog sitting. Um, 
Those are awesome. Yeah, rover.com. <laughs> best, best gig ever. Seriously, uh, I want to come over and hang out. Please do. We've got a wonderful bungalow-style house in Brooklyn, fenced-in backyard. Bring your dog. I know that you're a dog person. She's kind of weird. She's it's a weird cool. We've dog. got a weird dog, too. Yeah, we do. Yeah, do we? we bring in lots of weird dogs. Uh, the rover brings in them all. Yeah. So, uh, That's so awesome. <laughs> we had one who was um, afraid to go through uh, door frames. Yeah, that was that was really interesting. Um, like, like, yeah, any kind of threshold, it would just freeze. But like, for instance, in our Aww. house, we have a we have a dining room where it appears there may have been like two like French doors maybe at one time. Right. But it's like a very very wide threshold. She had no problem with that. Only the more narrow doorways. Oh, poor little muffin! Something bad happened to her in that doorway one time. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I don't know what it was, but master up for life. But I, I, I would say that yeah, I've definitely caught the bug of um of Hollywood, and right? <laughs> like like of being like on on the creative side. Um, the the production for East Coast Grow, um, as a, as a first time thing, I think that we did an amazing job, and we're we're also wise enough to be able to kind of talk to our crew, talk to our, our talent, all of that, and and understand where where we can make improvements. And I think that we've gotten you know great feedback on that, and mm-hmm. we definitely have a lot of support within within everybody that we've had the opportunity to work with. So that's that's good. We we we, we want, I want to do other stuff too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's nice to hear that because I think for the longest time, Matt was a little bit confused about what it was I was trying to do. Um, this is all true. Yeah, he <laughs> just uh, didn't didn't really see writing and filmmaking as a plausible outlet. Until... And, and that's the great thing about life is that we have the opportunity to learn as we progress. Um, yeah, I, I definitely... Um, I, I didn't give as much validation uh, to to that as as I should have, you know, six seven years ago. Well, it's never too late now. That's right. You can See always make up is? for it in chocolates and fancy dinners and endless um, <laughs> amounts of compliments. Right? I mean, I've, that that certainly helps. It's a great yeah. start. It's a good it's start. A great start. I try. <laughs> I mean, that, that Flowers, co- urban that coconut stems. curry was pretty good, right? Oh man, I'm so hungry. That coconut. I feel like I'm always hungry. Shout out, was... whoever, whoever's listening. If you're always hungry, put your hand in there. We can't see it, <laughs> but all across America, there's people raising their hand randomly listening to this podcast <laughs> someday. Um. So yeah. All right. So now let me tell me what is the next step for East Coast Grow? You have it. Online, you're hoping to get some more traffic to it. Right. So go to East Coast Grow, East Coast Grow TV, and watch their episodes. Leave some feedback, share that shit if you like it. And so, what's the next goal? What's what's what do you hope if you get a bunch of traffic? Then what happens? Well, then putting together the resources to complete the first season, which for us largely uh, revolves around funding. Opportunities. I mean, there. The good thing about having a story based in an industry is that there are opportunities for product placement. For sure, especially in a in a you know a, a brand new recognized industry. Yeah, I feel like people should be all over that, man. Like, there's all these companies with money that would love to be all up in that shit. If you're hearing this, hit them up. East Coast Grow TV. Sorry, Britannicare. 
That's okay. <laughs> they might still want to sponsor you too. I mean, you didn't say anything bad about them. No, That's no, I, I didn't. Maybe they'll be the outliers. Maybe they'll be in those labs with those those men, and they'll be like, "No, this is the right way. We have to go organic." And they'll be like, "You know what, Botanicare? You're right, son. Like maybe that'll happen." No, no, it, it, it's okay. It's possible. Uh, you know, I, uh, you know, trying. very optimistic. I realize. Tr- tr- we, we we already have had. You know, commitments from a couple of uh, um, entities. I won't. I won't say their names until right. we actually have. Yeah, you until know, the, the deal the, is until the worked check out, has been deposited. Yeah. That's when you. We see we it. we do have two entities um, that are are interested in sponsoring. Yeah, I feel like uh, this is a great opportunity. If One Love had more money, you know, well, we're not really a cannabis company. You uh, you guys were actually one of those entities I was speaking of. Oh yeah. Uh, you Uh-oh. you oh this is. Uh oh. You heard it here, folks. <laughs> so we have one entity that no. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? The great thing about One Love is we have lots of other entities that we work with that you know are very supportive and looking for things just like this. So, you know, we love One Love. I mean, we we love comedy and we love weeds and we love you guys. So I mean, you know, it's a beautiful thing, though. <laughs> oh. That's right. And maybe <laughs> maybe soon with the OLM Creative Factory, we'll make millions of dollars. We can support all the things we love. That's a goal. I mean, and that's one thing that's pretty amazing about DC right now. Is, you know, I've been here for like 10 years. Um, much of it, there wasn't a lot really happening, like, you know, in narrative production. Yeah. Right. Film and, is not a common thing people are talking about in DC. And, you know, maybe it's just because, like, the cost of you know, production has gone down. You know, I think that people can get cameras for cheaper than, you know, eight, ten years ago. Right. Um, and we're also kind of in this golden age of television. I think it's inspiring a lot more people to create their own series. For sure. Well, and, you know, D.C. is a very expensive place to film, and so I think it's kind of a turnoff. Like, oh. you can, <laughs> yeah. you oh, can yeah. film in so many other places so much cheaper here. You have to get the government involved, DCRA, to shut things down and get a million permits. And so well, I feel and, like and the it. industry is leaned away from this And that's this if town. you're trying to fucking do something like, you know, like... Around you know, the mall. Right, you want, you want to shut down the Capitol for yeah. a little bit or you want to shut down the mall. Like, you know, we were trying to tell a story about not that shit. Like, right. we're, we're telling a story about... Other communities in the district that have really the only influence by the federal government they have or, or, or by the federal government is some, you know, home rule bullshit with law. Right. But like, yeah, you know, these autonomous communities, neighborhoods, essentially. And it was still it was still difficult, like trying to, to, to shoot there. And, you know, we, we had one scene where we had to get a dc building and they were they were reticent on support at first you know they basically heard that it was just a show about weed they weren't really about supporting you know they didn't it was was sight unseen they didn't they didn't really get it they didn't have an opportunity to to you know talk with us or anything uh but that has you know i think that that's pretty much resolved now now yeah now that there's i'm I'm not going to say that they respect us but (laughs) 
now that there's a product that demonstrates <laughs> we're trying to do something. A little I think the last serious. conversation we had was uh, was fine. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was it was really difficult getting locations, not just you know government locations, but we had to find a warehouse space to build our uh, mock cultivation center, and a lot of places didn't want anything to do with it. Even though, of course, we explained we're bringing in prop plants; they're not real marijuana right. plants, but just. Just the idea of that made them very nervous. Yeah, and, and well, big shout out to Mess Hall DC, which is a culinary incubator. They work right. as like a big kind of you know commercial kitchen area where many food trucks work out of and all of that, and they can prepare their stuff. Uh, they let us kind of shut down like this main area, the center area there, and um, you know for twenty four hours we we got to make a fake cultivation center. You know, 12 hours of it was actually setting, setting up, up right, the, the lights, lights and, yeah. and all of that and, you know, getting the, 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 the trays and the tables and the ducting and all of that stuff set up. It shot well. I mean, there are some things that I would do differently in you know retrospect, but the time that we had yeah, and everything, I mean, we, we did good. Well, you know what it is? D.C. makes it super difficult to do anything. Like, D.C.R.A., you have to get a permit for everything, and, like, they don't fuck around. Like, if they find you, they, like, hit you super hard. They don't just, like, smack your hand. They, like, pull out their belt, and they, like, whip you with that shit. So, uh, and they definitely dangle your business license and your certificate of occupancy in your faces, I mean, the Department of Health, that letter they sent out about edibles, like if you or like anybody is selling edibles in your place and you have a, a, a bev- food and beverage license, they can right. take that shit and fine you. I mean, there's just like, you know, all these laws in place, um, you know, and, that's, and when people talk about like the cultures dying and all these new people showing up, it's not the new people showing up, it's the government suffocating the culture that exists because... You know, you have to get permits. You have to do all these things. And you've got all these people who are afraid to lose everything. So they're not cool with you setting up a fake grow up for a thing because they're so paranoid because of the government. And then you've got all the community events are disappearing because whether you're doing a festival for 8,000 people or you're doing a festival for 500 people, you have to get the same special event permit and go through the entire process, which is thousands of dollars, which is why you don't see, you know, by the time you factor in time, you know, it's hundreds of dollars for this guy, hundreds of dollars for that guy. I mean, everybody's getting paid. You have to pay Abra, and they literally come by for 10 minutes at the beginning of the day and the end of the day, and they collect a full day's pay at $75 an hour. That's like $800 to $1,200 just for that guy who's not even... The whole thing is such a scam. It's so ridiculous. It's like the mafia, man. You know, it really is. Shout out to DCRA. And, uh, <laughs> like, straight up, it's the most, like... And their whole business is based on, like, transparency and, like, that's, processes. That's and like, they're the most non-transparent, like, group... So what's happening is, you know, nobody wants to do a public fish fry anymore because I got to get, like, food and beverage involved. I got to get DCRA involved. I have to get all these permits. I have to get permission from 80% of the people that live within a half a mile of the place that I'm doing if I want. I mean, it's they make you jump through so many hoops that you're already, like, three weeks in and, like, two Gs in on an event, and that's before... You buy the fish, or you buy the grills, or you print a flyer, or you ask someone to DJ, or you bring ice, or anything. So you're thousands of dollars in on an event now to do something for the community. So unless you can just afford to take L's every month just to do things for the community, you can't afford to do things. And that's why community events 
have gone away. That's why they drowned out and suffocated Gogo. That's why they suffocated a lot of the culture that used to exist in the city because people aren't willing to take the risk. And I understand because I walk that line all the time. Like Molly ruling the anarchist wants to do that shit. But Molly, yeah. but Molly ruling the business owner who recognizes that a lot of people are employed by One Love Massive. Oh, and that a Molly lot ruined? of people. Oh. I mean, a lot of artists would be affected if One Love Massive didn't exist. Oh, and wait, my yeah, staff, that Molly ruined his own. Yeah, and my staff wouldn't be able to pay their bills, you know, and it was just hard enough as it is for all of us. So, you know, it's not just me on the line. So, you know, I might be somebody who'd say, you know, I'm not really cool with you setting up a fake grow up either just because people are fucking idiots. And I wouldn't even be shocked if MPD raided me two weeks later because they thought it was well, real, well, you know? I mean, the, 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 so it's just, you know, that's, the, it's the, a fine line. So, you know, it's good to push the envelope. It's good to be those people, the outliers, pushing even when it's hard. And, 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 and also, you know, again, it was sight unseen. You know, like, we didn't have anything to kind of say, hey, this is what we've done. Or, you know, they, like, they're just like, who are these fucking people? Right. Like, they have this crazy idea. Now I think you know because you know our our, our project is a is a is a, it's a SAG contracted pro- project. It's a Screen Actors Guild project. You know that gives it validity. You've got you know the episodes that we've already made. So hopefully, if if we ever need to set up another cultivation scene, you know maybe at a you know another you know rival cultivation center. If you're out there listening. That's right. Anybody else? And you have some space, a nice little warehouse space. Actually, you should put a little uh, contact form on your website that says, if you have any space that you are cool with us filming in, please contact us. Because for all the people that are uncomfortable with you doing stuff, there's like people who'd be like, fuck yeah, it'd be awesome to have a fake grow house in here. You know what I mean? yeah, like, like, to be honest, like the only. Like the only person that really ever had weed on set was that damn executive producer. Yeah. Yeah. Just like all the way called him out. (laughs) Like everything else was pretty much, you know. Everybody else, you know. Like, like, we're here to work. Well, people are here to work. I mean, not everybody smokes weed while they work. You know what I mean? I I can't relate to that life at all. I don't do anything (laughs) if I'm not high. I don't even leave my room. I don't get out of bed without getting high first. I wonder if the person who made our prop plants gets high while he works. Imagine. So it our, would, our, it would, it our, would uh, certainly help. Our prop plants actually <laughs> came from Laredo, Texas, Texas. Mm-hmm. which is uh, I believe. Why don't you just use real plants? It would be illegal. Because we're filming in commercial spaces. Yeah, like you can't. Well, can't you just use real plants? And be like, no, those are fake. Silly. Uh, I don't the, think we'd find a location that would be. Yeah, and and, and I think you, I know a guy. Yeah. <laughs> and the, when you consider the, the the amount of expense going into everything, it's best. Yeah, Wait, so how much did the fake plans cost? Uh, a couple thousand. <sighs> yeah. Where are they? Um, we we have uh, a bunch of them, um, and then uh, we've we. We've got a few here and there. Man, that would be so places. cool to put them like all like like lace my back patio with them joints and just get raided like once a week. <laughs> We've been sharing them with uh, other cannabis and industry groups and events who can use. That's them. smart. Yeah, yeah. Are you renting them out. No, no. we should be renting them out. Dude, this isn't this is a business, man. Fake I know. We should, we, 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 we Thousands should. of dollars, dude. I'd be renting them bitches out. 
Like, ladies, get to work. All right. If either of you folks are listening that have them, if anybody, be prepared to be build. That's right. If anybody <laughs> needs a uh, fake marijuana plant set, uh, if you want to duplicate a grow operation, uh, hit up East Coast Grow. They've got the supplies you need. Yeah, we'll... We'll, we'll, uh, fake plants. We'll, we'll, we'll hook you up. Um, they don't smell. They don't need to be watered. No, no, they don't need to be watered. They can't die. I mean, this is the best weed garden ever. Yep. I think I want to rent it. <laughs> Do a photo shoot. It has been fun. We've, we've walked around in public with them before and had people be like, oh man, like. Are they really big? They're not terribly big. Like, like, you know, we, we, we got in tight on a lot of the shots or whatever. So I think. They yeah. look bigger than they yeah. actually are. Yeah, I mean, I want to dress up like Nancy Reagan and take a picture of myself and all those sweet plants. You should. Yes, you that absolutely. Awesome? That would be awesome. Um, I'm just old enough to pull it off now. <laughs> just say yes. <laughs> that was her thing, right? Just kidding. Good old Nancy Reagan, wherever she may be, floating in the universe. Didn't is Nancy Reagan still alive? No, no. she's dead. That's what I thought. Yep. She she uh, she said just say yes to Diane. She said she said I want to wear this <laughs> pants suit dress forever. You think Nancy Reagan was like a a a fashion inspiration for Hillary? Oh, I never really thought about that. <laughs> <laughs> like that's a rabbit hole, right? Yeah. <laughs> like thinking about either one of them as fashion. <laughs> Related or icons or anything. I don't know. But, yeah, they sure do have a lot in common. Mm. And, you know, in a lot of ways, because you can't tell me that Nancy Reagan was, like, a movie star's wife and wasn't, like, smoking weed and drinking liquor back in the day. Like, right. come on, right. man. You lived in Hollywood. Right, yeah. Dude. Yeah. Absolutely. It was the one place in the country that, like, people were doing drugs and weird shit. This is back when people were, like, being called communists and blackballed and shit like that. So, like, yeah, Hollywood was the one place that people were doing all the weird shit. There's no way that Nancy Reagan was like, I'll just have milk, you know? No. <laughs> no, Nancy. not buying it. <laughs> Matt Cronin, my friend, is probably so angry because he loves Ronald Reagan. I think he feels defensive. He might not even know that I'm saying these things, but somewhere his spidey senses are up. Oh. Knowing that I'm trashing the Reagan family. Well, not the whole family. I'm just yeah, calling Ron bullshit Reg- on Nancy. You know what big, I mean? Big, she big, smoked weed. Big, big up on uh, Ron Reagan Jr., right? For, you know, being such a, a hardcore atheist, right? Like, oh, I didn't like, know that. Yeah. Like, like, uh-huh. like, he has fucking, like, commercials out, oh, yeah. like, where he's like. Like the power, Ronnie Jr. Yeah, he's, he's like, like, something like for, like, the American Society for Atheists or something. I, I Please, if I he's fuck like, that up, like, don't judge me. He's but, like, doing something. Penance for all of his dads. So, along those lines and like <laughs> he finishes the commercial by by saying something like like I'm Ronald Reagan Jr. and I'm not afraid of burning in hell. <laughs> like like he literally fucking says that. So if you're listening, you can go and you can you can like just Come type on. in Ron Reagan Jr. fucking athe- atheism commercial or something. <laughs> Wishes everyone would burn in hell. I'm googling <laughs> that the uh, yeah. second we're done. I'm I'm not afraid of burning in hell. Like it's so yeah, fucking. That's amazing. like the most I mean, epic senior quote <laughs> ever. Right. Now, now, I that's the only thing I know about Ronald Reagan Jr. So if like he's done other shit that's horrible, like don't be like you fucking supported him. Like I'm just saying there was that one thing. I, no. I don't know enough about him. I say, but put all your money on Ronald Reagan Jr. <laughs> Go for broke. 
throw caution to the wind and just trust him <laughs> implicitly because he doesn't mind burning in hell. That's <laughs> that's how I see it. You know, isn't that how it works these days, right? You just see a meme and you're like, oh, my mind just completely changed. I'm I'm going there. Word well, guys. Thank you for uh, for coming in and talking about East Coast Grow. I'm excited to watch some more episodes. We we have a new release happening on Thursday. Yes, this Thursday we're releasing the conclusion of what we've filmed so far. So it's the I'm last gonna binge episode. watch the whole thing again, and then that way I'll be ready for Thursday. Yeah, please do. Everybody, everybody who's listening should binge watch it. If you go we're to- gonna post some links with the um, with the podcast. So, people, this will come out soon. Not next Monday. but It'll be Monday in your world when whoever this is that's listening to us right now. Awesome. Yes. Yeah, so thank you guys for coming out. Is there any other websites or places that people can find your stuff, whether it's East Coast Grow related or not? Well, um, Go to aboveboardproductions.com. Uh, uh, East Coast Grow is not the only project that we have right. uh, uh, in the uh, in the fire. Oh well, tell us a little bit about that. I don't know if we're don't know how point. much we can. Yeah, tell. we have another project in the works. We'll probably start casting for in within the next few months. Ooh. So. so you heard that potential actors and actresses. You have a chance because it's not Hollywood. There's not a bunch of you guys running around. It's a yep. smaller pool. If you own scrubs, wear them to the audition. Oh, that's that's helpful. I own scrubs for Halloween. They're covered in fake blood. Oh, I don't know. That. Yeah. That might, we might have to write that in. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like if you want to get a leg up, show up in bloody scrubs, you know, because that's really convincing. Oh Nothing says I'm a doctor I like... Death, like <laughs> visible death. You know? I mean, it is a comedy series. Exactly. I'm just considering, like, yeah. I don't know how that would fit. That's hilarious. Well, we'll write it in. We'll find a way. We know something you don't know. So if you ever need a, con- a creative contributor, I'm here for you. I'm not very funny, but I like to think I am. That's all that matters, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sometimes. All right, guys. Well, thank you very much for your time. We appreciate thank you, you. guys. And yeah, thank, thank you. Thanks for everything that you do for the Washington, D.C. community. Uh, well, like, honestly, from the bottom of my heart. Thank you very much, man. It's all about uh, having these conversations and getting to know each other and being able to support each other and um, making the information available. So uh, we tell our own stories. That's what we do here. So thank you for being a part of that. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Chopping it up.